you need to give him some water, it, man. Let me get it like, there we go. There you go. Oh. <laughs> That's terrible. We lost another. Is this like a sign that this show is ending? So the, 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 the. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, welcome to the green room, guys. My name is Will Hart, your favorite green room host. Do you know that? I am. I'm their favorite. And uh, I'm super pumped that you're here watching this. Uh, today, I have the pleasure, I think that's how you pronounce it, of having uh, one of my best friends in the world on planet Earth, Jamie Galloway. <laughs> yes. Did you like that? I like it. Uh, Jamie and I, we have known each other for what? How, how many years? I think we met when we were 20. I was 20. I was 20. Yeah. Yeah. Right around there. So gosh, we're going 18 on. Years. Yeah, 19 18 years. Yeah. 18 years. 19 like years. Yeah. And, uh, we've been in ministry. Some of you guys, you've seen Furious Love, Finger of God. We were in Holy Ghost together. Yeah. I mean, we were snapping and doubling in it all left and right. And, uh, we've done, we served Randy Clark together, travel all over the world together. And, uh, it's good to have you here in Reading, man. Yeah, man. It's good to be here, buddy. It's good to be in the green room. Yeah. So, uh, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. Uh, these trees are just bugging me. I think, well, I, I, this is your studio. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I came in here, I would make some changes. What would you okay. change? Tell me, I please. would definitely add a little bit of color to this white wall yeah. back here. Get these trees some water. <laughs> Don't replace them. Get them some water. Because that's what's easy. You can replace them. Me, you need to give them some water, it, man. Let me get it like, there we go. There you oh. go. That's terrible. We lost another. Is this like a sign that this show is ending? So the... the, the, the <laughs> Look at oh. this. <laughs> the trees are a prophetic sign of my heart. Yes. Yes. Which needs some Slowly. water right now. Which needs some water. It does right now. need some water. Yeah. 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 How are you? I'm good, man. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Enjoying my time here with you guys. Yeah, man. It's been great. We've, yeah. we've, had, a, we've had a good few time. days in Reading. Mm -hmm. You're ministering and, here tonight, uh, right? Ministering here tonight. So, yeah, we're, we're having a blast, man. And Come then on. Uh, just catching up with you. What's it's been like a year and a half since Gosh, about we've that. hung out? Yeah, it's been and about that. Now, uh, yeah. So, but we're picking right back up where we left off. Come on. And uh, yeah, if you know Will, anything about Will, he's a, one of the best dudes in the world. And um, I agree. Never met a stranger. <laughs> never met a stranger. And you always feel really good hanging out with this guy. So come on. Yeah. Well, they get to hang out with us today. Yeah. Uh, I want to hit a couple of subjects if it's possible. Let's do it, man. But most, most of all, I want you to talk because... I think uh, there's few people that I think know me as well as you do. And we had a really unique experience, the two of us, Yeah, uh, that most people don't get. And we we trained, were interns, traveled with Randy Clark full-time. We were handpicked by Randy to travel the world with him. And uh, yeah, I, I want to, I just, I think a lot of people, I, I get asked a lot of questions about that season of my life. What was it like? How did that happen? Yeah. And, uh, and I wanted to hear a little bit from your perspective on how that happened. Like, how did you become an intern? Well, um, that was a really, it was an interesting season in my life because, you know, I was, I, I had really grown in the Lord and really an amazing way. It was kind of like an ex exponential increase of growth in my own spiritual walk and, um, growing up in Randy Clark's church, he was my pastor. Oh yeah. You went, you went to his church. I forgot that. Yeah. But then he left. He actually left. That was St. Louis, Missouri. He left. He went to Pennsylvania. Uh -huh. And um, 
he was gone for about a year and a half, and I started having a series of encounters with the Lord and dreams and visions and that type of phenomena. And they would, some of them, a group of them would, would speak about, one day I would be traveling with Randy Clark. And so I'm thinking, you know, sign up for one of his Brazil trips or something like that, right? right? And so they were, you know, very, very specific. No, you will be with him by December, or actually by Thanksgiving of uh, 2002. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, okay. So, you know, two weeks before Thanksgiving, I get a phone call. And it's Randy Clark. Yeah. Leaves me a voicemail. He's in, living in Pennsylvania. Leaves me a voicemail. Jamie, this is Randy Clark. Hey, <laughs> you know, and he does this whole thing. And right. he says, I want you to come travel the world with me. And, you know, we're going to have fun. And and I got this new new program and I need you. Yeah. You know, I got two other guys, but we're going to, I want you to come on. And yeah. so I made the phone call. And then the next thing I know, I was packing my truck and moving up. Yeah. Drove myself up. And uh, saw you same day. We landed. We MTA landed the, the same, same day. day. And when I saw this guy, this guy, he was like this preppy, blonde-haired, you know, smiley face, blue-eyed right white here. guy. <laughs> and I, so I look at him. I go, "This guy's gonna be my best friend." I just knew it really? at that moment. I was like, "This guy's gonna be my best friend." <laughs> and he just had that look on him, you know, like yeah. the Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> look. It was like. You know, Chiseled jawline. Yeah, Eddie yeah. Bauer. Yes. I was like, this guy, look at this guy. <laughs> and he had a, he, I remember you had a Saturn <laughs> at that did. time. It was a stick shift. I, it was. And he would go, get in, watch this. And we'd drive and he'd stick it. He'd do the second gear scratch. He'd be like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like in a Saturn, you know. And so we'd take off. And then I remember that was like a terrible winter. Mm-hmm. We had like blizzards and Dude, ice. It was insane. It was a terrible winter yeah. in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And so he would, he had, he had this, you know, stick shift car and he would park it and he would pull like a need for speed type <laughs> of shift into his park. And he'd pull the lever on his brake, you know, the, 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 the brakes and he'd go, he'd pull the lever. And like you shift into parking. Power slide into Power the parking slide slot. into a, like. Yeah. Like full on <laughs> sliding from right to left yep. into this. Dude, what's the point of having a stick spot? shift if you can't? That was a blast. Play around. We with had it. a we had such a good time, but we were like literally living off of nothing. We had no money. Mm-hmm. We had no supporters. Right. Nope. Like like <laughs> I think at that time I had a thirty dollar check coming in the mail. Yeah. Maybe a fifty dollar check coming in from my grandfather. Yeah. You had no money. We I had were no both, money, and so we would we and and we said yes because we wanted to serve, right? And and we had no agenda other than we came because this man who is yeah Randy, Randy Clark, Clark picked us says I want you to come, and it wasn't like amazing. It was it was you're going to serve and you're you're gonna and it was amazing to be with Randy, but it was like you know the reality was. We were serving and yeah. we were giving and we were giving of our time. And so totally opposite of anything, you know, the culture would say, you know, you got to have all these practicals right. laid out and benefits. They, they, we didn't and even have a place stuff. to stay. We didn't we have landed. a place you remember to that? stay. They stuck us up in the Howard Johnson. Yeah. Because the housing fell through. But I remember I, in that season, would live off of these crackers that <laughs> Global Awakening they were like, you know those packets of like cheese crackers? They're like crackers yeah. with like that kind of fake, mm-hmm. you know, dry oh, yeah. cheese in oh, the middle. Yeah. And so I would wait all day, and then I would open up one of those. 
and and I would eat a cheese cracker. Mm-hmm. Now, meanwhile, Randy Clark has no idea that I'm living off of nothing. He has no idea you're living off of no, nothing. No. So then we we tell him we're living off of nothing. Yeah. We're tri- we're following you. We paid your, him we, yeah, money paid to be in. Yes, and it was so worth it. Totally. I would do it again, hundred percent. I would do it again, hundred times. And so, I remember though, we we <laughs> we go. So Randy hooks up this this food bank. <laughs> so we York. get a food bank in like Rochester, in New Rochester, York. Rochester, New like York, four hours away. So we get in the global van. The global van was like this recycled, repurposed van that Randy had for his family at one point. And so we get in this van, yep. and we're driving, and it's a white, you know, like 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 bare bones van or whatever. And it was, you know, like a nineteen early, like early nineties Chrysler minivan or something mm-hmm. like that, right? So we get in this thing, and. And so we're driving, and we load up this thing. The guy goes, hey, look, we got a bunch of good stuff in here, this food bank. It was awesome, man. They hooked us up with these pallets. Randy spoke at the church. Randy spoke at and, the church. And, and he, he was like, he was like, hey, do you guys have any ways you can bless my interns? Yeah. And they're like, we have a food bank. And Randy's like, I'm providing food for you. Yes. And so he would give us the gas money. We'd use the global car, and we'd cruise up to Rochester, New York. So we loaded up. We loaded up, and then they had these one thing, this one food item that they were like, "We got a surplus, and we're going to give them all to you guys." Briskets, dude, I remember these that briskets. Brisket. Now we were living not a protein diet; we were living off of crackers yeah. and and you know like like chips. And so when we bought, <laughs> I remember we had collected our money together, yeah, and we bought like a Y two K pack for of pancakes, mm-hmm. pancake mix. Crusty's pancake Krusty's mix. Pancake. And so like every the, morning the we got a, like jug. a nonstick pan and we would make Crusty's pancakes on this nonstick pan, no butter, and just eat Crusty's pancakes mm-hmm. in the morning. And it was awesome. And night and evening and everything. And so we, we, I remember we come into the house, you know, and we realize, wow, we don't have a freezer or a, or a refrigerator locker to put these briskets in. <laughs> And we had like rows and rows of cereals. Yep. Remember that? Yeah. It was all like the Halloween cereal. Like, and this is breakfast cereals. Months after Halloween, they would get all these boxes. So we had like, like, I'm I'm talking a few dozen of cereals. Mm -hmm. And then we had these briskets. And so then we we had a bunch of other stuff, canned goods. It was awesome. Such a find. What a gift. And we needed it that at that time. We were not abusing this. This no, they offered responsibility. it to us. It was great. You know, so they offered it to us. We got it. And it, and so we we get this opportunity from Randy. I'll house your your brisket. Yeah. I'll, I got I'll, space in my basement. I got basement. space in my basement. <laughs> and so we're like, yeah. So so you have to understand we were I don't know if we should tell this story. We were rat no, no, this is this is a must. <laughs> Good. No, let's go. So there. we were rationing the brisket. We were rationing this brisket. <laughs> We would like on special occasions, like somebody got up out of a wheelchair and we'd be like, brisket. brisket. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was like, whoa, we had a healing. You know, somebody got saved. Right, let's brisket. Celebrate. You know, like, so we got this brisket and we would like eat it. And it was like, you know, true. it was a celebration, right? And we'd just all be sitting around like vultures around this brisket. And so we knew. Like we had a measuring system of how many more brisket we had, yeah. you know, and so then we would go to Randy's and we'd be like, wait, when do you guys get brisket early? <laughs> you know, like, when do you guys find, you know, where's the brisket going? And it went down from 10 briskets to, mm-hmm. to seven brisket mm-hmm. and then five briskets. And like, and so we're like, 
okay, we got to get down to the bottom of this, right? And so we roll up, and I remember Randy had like one under his arm or something. It was like a frozen packet, yeah, right? Yeah. Bris- and we're like, what? These Randy? were already like cooked and smoked. Like they yeah, were it was like, like pre-made. Perfect, huge. right? Like they were probably... 80 bucks a pop, like some, yeah, some nice place made them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they made too many or they were, you, going, you, you know, know, you know, you give them as a Christmas yeah, gift, like, you know, like it's like one of those, you know, stunning. It's like a subscription. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so we roll up and Randy's got one of his, under his arm and we're like, what are you doing, Randy? And he says, don't tell Deanne. He says, you cannot tell Deanne. He's like, she's got me on a vegetarian diet. And I can't do this. He's like, he's like, he's been sneaking he's been brisket. Stealing all of our brisket. Because <laughs> it was the only protein in the house. I remember that, man. And then we were like, oh my gosh, Randy Clark's eating our brisket. I was so upset. I was like, what the heck? That dude has everything. And he's eating all of our meat. And we were living off, like we lived off, we lived off rice and salsa rice and salsa for like months yeah rice and salsa everybody's like will you've changed so much since i saw you yeah because we were like starving we were so thin like i was (laughs) i dropped down to like 160 170 (laughs) like i've never like i was that maybe when i was 11 years old yeah yeah so then we were living life so then what so then we fortunately we found like the find we had the find right Mm -hmm. and our friday night whenever we were home looked like this we would go down the blockbuster and they had a mm-hmm. five for five at that time, yep. right? Five movies for five dollars. Mm-hmm. You got to keep them all week. Five for five. And next door was this dollar grocery. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and you could go in and get fish sticks for a dollar. You could get like we lived in the ghetto. Yeah, it was like, that's, it was this, the ghetto. This, like we lived in the legit ghetto. Yeah. And the gas station across the street would get robbed weekly. Yes. And they would still do business while they mm-hmm. were getting robbed. Yep. They were they were like, yeah. They had like a policy. Mm-hmm. Here's how to stay in business while you're getting robbed. <laughs> and so they didn't shut down. They would call the police later in the yeah, day. You know, it's true. And so it was like a weekly thing, you know, and they had they had sprayed bullet holes all over mm-hmm. the the wind the the glass. And so I remember we would go down and so we we walked down and it was the most it was amazing. We were going down to get our Friday night fish fry. We would go to this store, right? And you get for like a dollar, you get it was some kind of like government provision place or something like that. And it was it was it was amazing. It was a gift, you know, for us in that Dude, time. We, we were bachelors and yeah. we were just you know, so we're so we get this fish fry, we're walking for, to the blockbuster and and we're and we see these guys and they're they like they holler at us, hey. What are you doing? Remember this? No. Said, what are you doing? Me. What are you doing? And so, so it was these group of guys, and they go, get over here. And they, so they go over there, and, and they're like, we know your feds. Oh, dude, I do remember this. We yes, know your yes, feds. Yeah. And we're like, we're not feds. <laughs> and they're like, lift your shirts up. Lift your shirts mm-hmm. up. So they had us all lift our shirts up and make sure that we weren't feds. And and there's these cars driving by, and yep. like it was a very spooky situation, right? Mm-hmm. We're sitting there, like, th- what, like, look, we assure you guys, we're here because we love Jesus, right? And we we want to minister to you. Can we minister to you guys? And so they go, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna minister to us? <laughs> and I remember you you go, well, we hear God, 
and we'll tell you what God is sharing with us. And they were like, how, how do you hear? Do you remember this? I, I do. Like we had so many encounters on the streets there and like the, they all run together. But keep yeah, going so on. I remember this kid, he go, how do you hear God? And I said, well, you made us lift up our shirt. I'll tell you this. I remember this. Yeah. It was one of the still to this day. I tell the story. Yeah. I forgot the, what led up to it. Yeah, yeah. I said, you made us lift up our shirt. I'll tell you this. You have a knife wound from here to mm-hmm. here. On your on, on your on, on your stomach area, lift your shirt up, and the guy lifts his shirt up, and he's got a knife wound, and he mm-hmm. goes, "What the?" He flips he out. He ran away. If he I ran. Yeah. And then he came back, and then all these guys lined up and like in a perfect straight line, and they said, "Tell us what God is sharing yeah. with. Tell us what God is saying right now." And one after one, you started telling them about problems in their backs, mm-hmm. knees, like people were getting healed. Yeah. And it was like, bam, 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 like popcorn. And so pretty soon they're asking, well, what do you see that guy driving there? We know him. Tell us what God's telling you about him. And we were like, look, you need to hear God for you. And so we started laying hands on them. And you, the power of God was touching them when you lay, I remember you laid hands on them and they were like, what the, it was like a real deal (laughs) power of God experience. And it was just us going to get, you know, five movies for five at Blockbuster and have our fish fry. Dude, that's, we lived our, we like, I have so many of like my early kind of getting into ministry, ministry on the streets. It was just you and me and Brandon. It was like the three of us. Yeah. We would just roll around like. We we would get kicked out of uh, like Barnes and Noble. Like, oh do you yeah, remember going? To, oh like, yeah. We would just be like, you know what? We haven't prayed for somebody today. Let's roll, and we would just go to the mall. We would go to Barnes and Noble, and we would just like, we're not coming home until we minister to people. Yeah, and we saw so many miracles, so like, so many. many miracles. Yeah, legit miracles. People were getting touched, and and you know what? It was a really cool time, man, because there was such a a a, a like a push globally. Mm-hmm. Among the body of Christ to get out of the church yeah. and hit the streets, yeah, right. And so we were kind of like right in the middle of that, and different ministers were kind of like coming on the scene, and they were really this was their message, you know. And so we were like, we got to grab a hold of this, we got to right. do this. Now, I remember hearing the stories out of Reading because this is early on, like so. We're talking 2001. Yeah, Bill, I went to I went to a conference in '99. It was like December of '99. And th- and that was the first conference that Randy ever had Bill out, and it, it was it, it was the fir- I think Randy had been to Bill's church and Bill had been to Randy's church, but it was the first conference that they had ever been at. And so like that, the whole take it to the streets treasure hunt that was like brand spanking new. Yeah, Bill, that Bill was a brand new concept. He would, he would tell stories of like what people were doing in Reading and like how we you know we we believe it's going to be a cancer free city. Like that that was the early days of that. So there was something in the air. Remember, yeah. remember, we got uh, Bill sent Randy the copy of when what is what was when Bruce? heaven invades Earth. Yes, and we got to read it before it was ever out. Yeah, it was, was the like, manuscript. Hey, yeah, we got the, we, we got, got the manuscript. We got the, we got the first, and I think I had it for years. I took it. Yeah, I don't know what I did with it. Yeah, but that was like when all of this stuff was just new. It was so new. It was really new, and we and all we wanted to do was just watch God move. Now. Now, I think one of the things unique about you and I was we were doing this stuff already. So when Randy asked us to come in, like you were out ministering in like 
festivals and like witchcraft festivals and like you were already doing stuff. I was out, I was living in Paraguay. I was doing this yeah. stuff. I was seeing miracles. But when we came together yeah, and this culture was like, Hey, it's time that we take the power out of the streets. You're like, we're doing this. Let's keep going after it. Yeah. And we would go out and just practice. Yeah. It was, it was just second nature. Yeah. And so then, then we're coming on and then what happens is Randy, who is already way ahead of us, mm -hmm. starts leveling up because he's he's doing the, and it's a principle he's passing on his under, his his mantle so to speak yeah. and he's imparting it to the next generation and meanwhile God's just blessing him and yeah. we saw some of the most phenomenal things and you remember the meeting in North Carolina dude we were there dude one of the most marking times of my life yeah, happened happened and that was early on that was that was very we just started traveling yeah we were sitting there in North Carolina worshiping at a church Randy's invited mm -hmm. and Will and I are there you know carrying his bags and we're doing our thing yeah. and as worship happens all of a sudden some lady says, oh my God, right? Yeah. And she, she stood up and just started screaming. screaming. Yeah. And this this ball of of like swirly-whirly golden, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but it was like tiny microscopic like lights of gold of some kind of like, it wasn't just glitter. That's the thing. It wasn't yeah. glitter. It was like this microscopic lights of gold, but they were like glittery, mm -hmm. but it was like, a whirlwind of them formed out of this ball right up yeah. above this woman. Corey, shoot. Like, you see how these lights are hanging up, right? It was a little bit higher than that. And it had that, it was just about that size. Yeah. Just hanging up in, in the ceiling. And then it just went poof and it expanded into the atmosphere. And the whole room's going, oh my God. And we just fall to our knees and worship. Yeah. And we know this is not. Like nobody went and did like LeBron James with baby, you know, talk no. about her like, you know, like it was like this thing just exploded in the atmosphere. It was the glory of God. Yeah. And it was coming down to that meeting. And there was a guy that was deaf since the Korean mm -hmm. War in one of his ears, completely deaf, and it just popped open yep. as he sat under it. And we just sat there and this, and I remember, if you remember this well, I remember trying to reach out and touch one. Mm -hmm. Like, because they were like, as they dissipated into the room, you could, like, they were coming closer. You could try to reach out and touch one, but it was like it scooted away. Yeah. And it was, a, it, I can't say that it was alive, but it had this sort of, you know, animation to it that that made you feel like it was alive. Dude, listen, so people think that we're nuts. Like, honestly, like, let's say there's somebody watching this that has no paradigm for what we're talking about. Like, yeah, it was crazy. It was one of the craziest things I've ever witnessed. And everything you said, I can attest to. Yeah. Let, let me say this. And and, I, and I'm sure I'm sure you had the same experience. When when this thing happened, this sign and a wonder happened, I don't know what it is. Okay. I'm not gonna say it's a gold cloud. I'm not gonna say it's a glory cloud. I don't know. Like I honestly don't know. It could have been a number of things. When I get to see the Lord, I will ask him what, oh, what yeah. exactly happened. But but I remember this. Randy was teaching. He was up on the platform. He was teaching about angels. Remember? Wow. And he was, and yes, he was talking yes, about yes, yes. how when angels show up in the scriptures, he was just going through the scripture of angels. When angels show up, things happen. Things change. And as he's preaching, this thing appears, right? Yeah. There was no, I checked, there was no duct work up there. There was no like, it was, it, it just appeared. And it didn't have like, it wasn't like at the ceiling. 
it was like halfway down hovering in the air. Mm. And, it, and it was just there. Boom. The woman just starts screaming. Everybody looks. And the first thing, the first thing that I felt was fear of the Lord. I oh, will yeah. never forget that. Yeah. It was, it was, oh my God, something is happening that I don't understand. And all we have to do is get on our face and worship. And I remember nobody was just like, whoa, let's praise the thing. Like, or like, no, wow, this no, is so amazing. No, it wasn't like, that People way. fell on their faces right. and just began to worship. And Randy came down off stage. And this is like, this is what I love about Randy. This is what I love about those generals. Because what do you do when something like that happens? Right. right. Like Randy's preaching, right? It stayed there for days. I don't know if you're... It, it stayed in the air. For yeah, days. it was in the air. Yeah, but Randy gets off and he's like, "I don't know what to do. Let's worship." He's like, "Let's just go into high praise." Yeah, and we we went into high praise. That's when the guy's ear opened up, like he was sitting on like a a bunch of people got healed without anybody even praying for them. It was it was something that 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 marked me, even though I don't understand it. Yeah, you know, and I've heard other people have similar experiences. Um, I've seen other crazy things, but. That was one of the most like real legitimate, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, uh yeah. Still to this day, I can I can play through the whole scenario and, the, and it, everything that happened. It's one of those moments, man, that's very special. And you know, no one was there recording of it. No. No. And it and it's it's almost we God, tried, we tried finding it. We try to find it. It's almost God designed by the Lord. That there was no recording because some something like that is so holy. It's it's like it's it's too holy just to be on a video somewhere, you know, on some YouTube viral. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just they it's had, holy. They had something happen similar here in Bethel, and they've been like torn apart because of it. Like all the hatred, all the garbage, all the people saying like. You know, oh, there's there's people that are filling up the duck work. You know, like yeah, all of that stuff. When we know Bill, we know that like there is no there's no need to do any of that. Like no, no like it's it's insane. But I, at the end of the day, I, there's a lot of things that I've witnessed in, in in going after supernatural ministry. Like the reality is, God's real. He does stuff. Yeah, I don't have to understand it. I don't have to like it. But I've witnessed some crazy stuff over the years. Everything from demonic stuff to supernatural encounters to prophetic stuff to when you see somebody. We were talking last night. Cast a demon out of a, a ten-year-old girl. I. That's not something that like I, I expected. You know, I, I watched in Paraguay. I watched a deaf mute in a wheelchair in South America speak English to me. What? Yeah. I'm not coming out like totally demonized. Wow. Right. And so these are things you, that there is no grid for it. Yeah. Like, but, but that's acceptable. But yet something like that supernatural experience with the cloud is like, no, nope, that's off limits. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't know what it was and I don't have to, but I know that it made me love Jesus more. Yeah. It made me, it made me experience the fear of the Lord in a way that to this day, I've never felt it. Probably the moment I got saved experiencing that fear of the Lord, right? That that conviction of sin and yeah. how powerful he is. And then that 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 second time, that that massive fear of the Lord came to the room like anything can happen at any moment. Yeah. And I, I know it sounds strange for, for people, but like the reality is 
the Bible is full of some of the craziest encounters and some of the craziest things that you, you can imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's so lost in translation way too often. Mm-hmm. There's a scripture in Acts where it talks about uh, Paul, and he says that he was preaching, and he's in this room, this upper room, and he's preaching, and his preaching goes really long. Yeah. And it says this very interesting thing, and it says, and there were many lights in the room. Now, if I went to... Where you say that next? It, it, it's, I'm, I can look it up, but there are many lights in the room. Uh, let me see here. Can you grab me something to drink? Do you want something to drink, Jamie? Yeah, that would be great. I don't want to put you on the spot. No, it's, I, it's good. Your axe, many lights <laughs> in the room. Don't you love Google? When it works. <laughs> it always works, man. Talk amongst yourselves. There's, there's dead air time right now. I don't have any, uh, any connection. Oh, you don't? Yeah. Okay, but go for it. Keep talking. I'll find it. I'm going to look up in the book of Acts. Many lights. Acts uh, 28. Acts 28? Acts 20, verse 8. Now, okay. Here, yeah. Acts 20, verse 8. This is a very interesting moment because, look, look, if I go to this amazing Christmas service that that Bethel puts on, right? Amazing Christmas service. Let's say they have a big light show or something like that. Like not a light show, but they have like Christmas lights everywhere. Mm-hmm. My commentary when I get home is not going to be like, "How was the service? Oh, it was amazing. They had many lights in the room." Yeah. Right? As a worshiper, and especially as the writer of the book of Acts, I'm not going to be talking about the type of quality of lights that were at the meeting. Right. Now, what gets lost in translation because of a lack of experience is, like here, New King James, there were many lamps in the upper room where they they were gathered together. But that's not what it's saying. It's not talking about the lamps. It's not talking about the type of lighting that they had. Why would the book of Acts, which is a supernatural book, talk about the lighting fixtures in a worship room? Yep. It's talking about supernatural lights. But what gets lost, because we, we, our minds are so postmodern, we're so material, is we think lights, that's for sure got to be the light fixtures. Right. I see, I see, I see your point. Mine says also lamps. Yeah. But, but another translation will say lights. Right. There are many lights in the room. This is what I, I we we all of this gets lost in translation to us because we're so, you know, in our in our postmodern thinking, it doesn't connect. It's like you know, like I go to the UK, I talk about football. I love mm-hmm. football, right? And they're like, yeah, football. We love football. I'm like, yeah, you know, when the quarterback passes the ball right to right. the wide receiver, and they're like, what's he talking about, right? And then even if you go play, if you talk about Football, right down in in Southern Australia, you start talking about football, right. uh, and they're like, "Yeah, rugby." 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Football has a lot of different uh, understandings depending upon the context. Yep. Right? So we read the book of Acts, and we don't understand just how powerful these moments were, and it gets lost in translation. Yep. And so for me, as I'm reading it, I'm trying to read with a different lens and go, where where do I miss the mark in my reading yeah. that I've I've so contextualized things to be so fitting with my modern day yeah. experience or lack of experience. You, you know, I've known like we've, I've known you for a long time. You've always you've you've always um, showed me things that like I just skip over. You know, yeah. like the stories. I'm like, oh wow, that and this and that. And you're like, hey, well, do you know that there's this and this and and you know, I I I love that about you because you have the as a seer as a prophet, uh, you you. You see things, yeah, differently, yeah. And uh, he, the only other guy that I know that's that's kind of brought that into my life was uh, John Paul Jackson. I, I, yeah. I always found that you very similar. Like John Paul, he would explain the scripture. He would go through the scripture and he would ask questions like, "Do you know how many supernatural beings there are?" And I'm like, "Uh, angels, uh, you know, like God and yeah." You know, and he was like, there's 19. And then he would go through every single scripture and talk about the watchers and the cherubim, yeah. and the seraphim, and he would break down things. And I, I, I've always loved that about you. You have the ability to read the word and see stuff from a different angle. I think partially because your gift mix, yeah. you know, prophetically, you've yeah. always been in vision. You've always had visions. You always had dreams. In fact, I would wake up in the middle of the night. And you'd just be uh, like, hey, Jamie, what's going on? And you'd just be gone. Like you'd be having visions and visitations. You've always had that. Yeah. Talk, talk talk a little bit about that. Well, here's the deal. You know, like let's say this Acts 20, verse 8. Somebody's listening to this and they're like, I disagree with that. You could totally disagree with that. I don't care. Yeah. It's not a make or break. It's not whether you're going to heaven or whatever. You know, like if you don't believe that, that's fine with me. But if I but but if I draw your your attention to other scriptures that are that show us what's, you know, things going on that are hidden in plain sight. Yeah. And that we don't, we in our modern context, our modern understanding, we don't see what they saw. Yeah. So for instance, when Jesus says to Peter, who do you say that I am? Where they were was very important because they were at in Caesarea Philippi at the base of Mount Hermon. And when Peter looks up, when Jesus says, who do you say that I am? The only reference of Mount Hermon that he can remember is Psalm 133. You're like the dew on Mount Hermon, flowing down like the oil on Aaron's beard. But it's this place that Peter's eyes are open to see Jesus for who he really is. And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But it was at that place that he had the encounter. So what we find is there are places of blindness in our life, and there are places of sight. There are areas of blindness, you know, I, for instance, here's something a very base. Go for it. Psychologically, right? You go home, you you visit your parents over the holidays. It's awesome, right? But you're still going to be little Jimmy to your mommy, right? Mommy's going to be like, "Does little Jimmy want a snacky?" Right? <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, I do. I do. Jimmy wants a snacky, right?" <laughs> and it's because you are entering in to an atmosphere that, in that context, you only know yourself according to one identity, right? Your identity is wrapped in that experience of your life growing up where your favorite thing was this, you know, your parents were this to you or all that type of stuff. But when God brings you out of your comfort zone, which is what he did to Abraham, he says, get up out of your father's house 
to a land that I will show you. Mm. That's the common experience of the believer, is that God wants to show you something new. But in order to do that, He's got to get you up out of your common experience to a land that He will show you. And so sometimes you don't know where you're going, but you know where you shouldn't be. Right. You know, you know you're not supposed to be where you are, but you don't know where you're going because it hasn't been revealed to you yet. And that risk of faith is something so often we don't want to take because it takes a different type of sight. It takes the eyes of the supernatural. It takes the eyes of faith, which doesn't look according to the natural. Right. It looks into an invisible world and says, I'm looking for an invisible God in an invisible world with invisible promises, yeah. and I'm going to trust Him. And I don't know where I'm going, but I know I can't stay there. Right. And that is where, you know, when you start to really dive in and start to look at things, it, you know, from, from this lens, you're going to see the context of the way God... Re- you know, for instance, here's another one. Growing up in church, I wasn't following the Lord, but I did grow up in church. Mm-hmm. Similar to you, yeah. right? Parents dragging me to church, yeah. all this stuff. I thought the Bible was God's relationship to man according to sin. Okay. You know? Yeah. And and I realized that it's not God's relationship to man according to sin. It's God's relationship to man according to sons. Explain that. God didn't plan sin. Sin was not God's plan. This story is not because of sin. This story is because of sons. God had a relationship with the son, Adam, right? Eve, sons and daughters. Yeah. And they made a mistake. But then the story ends up expanding and unfolding into a story where we, sitting in church on a Sunday, will hear a story that is about God's relationship to sin. But it's not. It's about God's relationship to son. So now, modern day, right? when everybody talks to God, like, I got people that I'm coaching in the music industry and different industries, right? And one of the thir- first things they want to talk about is all their sin. Right. And I'm like, look, we're going to act, we're gonna get to that, but how? Where, where's your walk with God? Well, I can't really walk with God. I got, I, I don't want, you know, I got to, it's like this whole idea of like that sin somehow is so, more powerful than God. And when Jesus came on the scene and demonstrated through his love on the cross, by breaking the backbone of sin, right? He demonstrated God was more powerful than sin. And he wasn't there just to deal with sin. He was there to get his sons back. Yeah. And this real this di- this understanding, what is so often missed, hidden in plain sight, is wrapped in the shroud of our modern day understanding of God, scriptures, everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's it, it, for me, this is mind-boggling because now I'm like. Okay, so I know the Holy Spirit. I know Jesus. Who is God? Like, I'm not talking about Jesus isn't God. Jesus is God. Yeah. Right? He's God in the flesh. He's the man, God, God, man. He's like, he is God in the flesh. But who is his father that he's talking about? Yahweh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we go, wait, where did he begin? Why are we not looking at the invisible God, right? Why are we not looking for Him? It is God that says in Psalms about God has put us in the right place at the right time so that we might seek Him. Mm. You know, so we're in these certain places in our life only to see God. It's like that's why we're there. Yeah. And so those invisible realities, Mm -hmm. it's risky, 
It is. It doesn't make sense at times. No. Nope. There's mistakes. Yes. I can, I mean, I remember one time in my eagerness, we were praying. I was with a group of guys praying. And I, and I, and I, we were praying in this like upper room. It was like midnight. The lights were off. We're like all going after God, praying fast. Oh, God, come. I look up and on the ceiling, see this blinking red light. I'm like, oh gosh, guys, I'm going into a vision. They're like, what is it? I'm like, it's a blinking red light from heaven. Lord, say, think that's telling us a message. Yeah. Right. And so I'm going into this and the whole night, dude, you know what we had? We did. That stirred us up so much, that blinking red light. We prayed till like four or five in the yeah. morning. We passed out. We woke up the next day. I remember the first thing I did when I woke up the next day, I opened my eyes. <laughs> it was a smoke alarm <laughs> on the ceiling. Right. Blinking red light. Yeah. But you know what? Somebody would go, oh, what an idiot, you know, his false prophet or this or that. No, it's just when you have abundance, sometimes you have excess. Yeah. Well, the thing about the thing about the supernatural stuff, uh, first, there's always levels of comfort, right? So nobody has most believers don't have a problem with like hearing the voice of God. Yeah, right. That's pretty crazy if you think about it, right? The Creator of everything talks to you, but but it's very common, right? You see it all throughout the Scripture. God wants personal relationship, so people don't have as much of a problem with that. But it's when you start getting going down the chain into some of the things that the Bible talks about, uh, you know, whether it's the four living creatures or the watchers or things, things in Scripture where 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 there isn't as much written about it that people go crazy. And I think, and I think I've seen a lot of abuse of the supernatural, and I've seen a lot of people claim a lot of things in the supernatural. Yeah, that. That's just their own delusions or their own issues. Uh, I, you know, I always joke around like it's easy to hide schizophrenia in the charismatic hundred percent, right? Because yeah. like I hear voices, they tell me what to do. Yeah. You know, like that's most spirit filled believers. But but at the end of the day, there are realms that are that are going on around us that that we can't see. Like there's things biblically. There's things, and it isn't up for debate. There's angels. They're 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 here among us. Sometimes they appear in flesh. Sometimes they don't. Like the angel was delayed. How yeah. many days? Like 19 days or something like that. Eight 21 days. 21 days. 21 days. He was delayed in in 21 Daniel's days. Daniel's like, Think about that. Angel comes. The angel is delayed 21 days because he's in a battle. Right. With the prince of Persia, <laughs> and which is a demonic principality. Right. And he says, but don't worry, Michael came to assist me. And he's telling this to Daniel like it's common sense knowledge. Yeah. Like he's like, hey, Michael came to assist me, so it's cool. I made it. But when I get out yeah. of here, I'm going to get in another battle. It's already the Prince of Greece or whatever. He like yeah. goes into like these other war, war realms that are going on in the spirit. But that's you know, what, what ends up happening is what, what we think is that we have to throw our mind out when it comes to the supernatural. Right. But I'm a believing pragmatic. I'm supernatural, I believe, but believe me, I will sort through. I got a lie detector in me like that goes, sniffs out a lie. Wow, that's not true, or yeah. that's not authentic, or that's yeah. not real. Yeah. And I can go and talk to someone, still be in faith. It's kind of like, okay, so Thomas, right? A lot of people give Thomas a bad rap. Yeah. Right. Thomas gets this bad rap of like, 
oh my gosh. He's doubting Thomas. He's so doubting. What is wrong with Thomas? He's going to hell. But he was the only one that got to touch him. He touched Jesus. He says, touch my hands. Yeah. Feel this. The others believed they saw, but Thomas touched. Mm. And there's this, there's this leaning in, but curiosity enough to be pragmatic about the situation. Yeah. That you could go, so what means what you know, I say this in King James, what meaneth this? You know, yeah. like what does this mean? Right. I want to know. And so if somebody's like, I see eleven eleven every day, eleven right. eleven, you know, right. like, amen. Eleven eleven happens two times a day. You yeah. know, right? Yeah. Once at men, once before midnight, right. once once after before the afternoon. Yes. But I'm going to also lean in and say, I'm curious enough to ask the questions. Is this authentic? Is this real? Well, I you know, we when we got when we started in ministry with Randy, we were yeah. in our early twenties. I was twenty or twenty one. I was twenty, I think. Yeah, and you were twenty one. We were twenties. We were early twenties. There wasn't a lot. Like I, I try to explain to people, when, when I got saved, it was 1999, there wasn't the internet, right, that you could go on and, like, listen to all this stuff, hear teachings yeah. from around. It was like you were told a story from a story from another person, and there was maybe a few itinerants that were going around even talking about the supernatural things of God. And so we would get cassettes, like, like, uh, oh, John Paul Jackson was at this church five years ago. I'll never, you know, I'll never forget getting that. And you'd hear the stories of what God was doing in Morningstar. And you'd hear these things, but there wasn't like a documentation of it. Does, does that make sense? Like we, yeah. early days, like remember the, the healing videos from Africa? Oh, yeah. Right? Like it was a VHS cassette that we would get. We would watch these things and be like, oh, my God, what is happening here? And, and there wasn't any way of validating any of it it was just oh i heard the friend had this happen and so we trust them but as time as time's gone on and people took risk we we would actually be able to see the fruit you could actually follow up you could you wouldn't just hear oh there was this church in in uh you know in puerto rico you know that did this thing and i heard it and everybody spread it no like send people down watch videos now and and i think technology's brought brought us to a much healthier place in in the movement as far as like documenting what is real and what isn't real because there was a lot of garbage totally there was like tons of garbage and in that it was just these claims that people made and so there was a whole season i want to say like early 2000s mid 2000s was like it was like people just one-upping like on their sp- supernatural oh supernatural stories that were over exaggerated right right i once caught a fish this big right right and then all of a sudden it's like no there was a whale that swallowed a man and spit him up on the seashore you know and it's just that that, but that's human conditioning Mm -hmm. where we want something you know it's the virgin mary on a tortilla right it's like they you know all of a sudden the whole the whole community comes out and it's like enshrining this, you know, tortilla, right? And and it's it's it, it is a bit of hysteria, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that those things are not happening. Okay, so so this is something that I think about a lot, right? There was a there was a season in my own, I'll use my own life, yeah, right, where where I was hearing stories, and I was going after God for those things that that 
brought me to a place spiritually of spiritual hunger, hunger for God, hunger for the unseen, hunger for things that had not yet been seen, that that I saw more fruit, I think, than when I've like calmed down, verified everything. I, there's something in going after the crazy that 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 pushed me further, pushed me to have victories in my life, pushed me in realms of faith, like pushed me in, in realms of praying for the dead, praying for, um, you know, pray, I'm, pray, I'm, let me say it, praying for people to be resurrected. You know, the, yeah. it was it was because I would hear these things and I would go after it and I would end up seeing some of those things. And now it's almost like, it's almost like there's a lot of the that edge off of the charismatic movement right now is because there's so much mishandled, because there's so much garbage that people have backed away from it. But dude, uh, some of the most powerful things I have ever witnessed came out of that season, that early 2000s where people were just willing to make mistakes. I'm not justifying it, but but, but I miss, I miss some of that. You know, we go to meetings with Bob Jones, right? And and he's, he's passed away now. And he would say some like outlandish things. Right. But some of the stuff that he said was like it was legit, legitimate. You know, Mike Bickle, some of the greatest encounters he he's ever had. The foundation of IHOP was off words of Bob Jones. You know, we, I, I, I don't want our spirit filled movement to get too safe. Yeah, right. Like remember, remember when? I'll, I'll give you an example. I uh, there was a a, a well known minister, and. And I watched him go out, fall under the power of the Holy Spirit, get up and start giving words of knowledge. And to this day, I can rem- I can remember the screams of people. And and Randy was giving words of knowledge. He was like, somebody's got a pain here, somebody's doing that. You know, he's doing his thing. And as Randy's giving words of knowledge, this 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 minister is on the floor, like shaking violently, gets up. And starts going around the room and pointing like you, uh, this is where you live. I'm driving down Route Three, and I p- pass the exit sign. The exit has you know uh, this number on it. You know, and they start screaming because they're he's relaying this information. This is before the internet. This is before Facebook. This is before any of that stuff. And then I drive down this driveway, and there's a red barn, and on the side of the barn is written two three eight, and they're like, "That's my house number. Uh, that's my barn." And then, and then he's like, "Oh, and as a sign of what I'm saying is true, that that word of knowledge is just to lead up to you having faith for your son is in jail and he's going to be released in two months." Like, and and people just lost their mind. Like it was, it was so accurate. So freaky, so, and I watched him go around the room and do that to about three to four different people. And, and they're like, how did, I, I asked him, how did you get it? He's like, oh, I went out in the spirit. I walked around. I listened to their conversations. I went into visions while I was, and I'm just like, I don't understand this, but I see the fruit and I see the accuracy. I don't see that stuff that much. Well, here's anymore. here's what here's what Second Corinthians five thirteen says this, and I'm going to read this in several translations, so I'm not just making this up. Is this boring to people? You think? No, I think this uh, okay. is this is okay. really important. So it says this in the New Living Translation. I'm going to le- read the ESV as well, English Standard. Let me read the English Standard version first. Second Corinthians five thirteen. If we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Mm. If we are in our right mind. It is for you. New Living Translation. 
if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. Mm. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. The Berean literal, for if we are beside ourselves, it is to God. If Or if we are sober-minded, it is for you. Mm. This high idea of keeping it together, right? There's only a certain point where that can get you, right? And then if you st- are, a re- are, are, are a fan of revival history, yep. you're going to find that the people that did things for God, that, that claimed to have some kind of divine connection and were able to minister in breakthrough, miracles, signs and wonders, and, and, and bring change to areas... They had unique and unusual experiences with God yep. that seemed as if they were out of their mind. Like Mariah Woodworth Edder. Mariah Woodworth Edder, you know, she has in in one of her meetings, actually it was uh World's Fair or or something yep. somewhere one of those type of places, and she literally in the middle of a preach froze. And she freezes. Yeah. And so all these people come out because she's frozen for something like more than 12 hours or something, yep. right? And she's frozen in the middle of a preach, and and after, I think, a day, she's done preaching. Like, after a day, everybody, the crowds are all gathered because they're watching this anomaly, Yep. right, where this woman is frozen in time. She's just sitting there. I mean, it's, I mean if you were... If I were you, me, you know, we push her over, right? It was right. like, like, just is this real, right? Right. But after that time, was it lifted, and she goes right back into her message, and the crowd that had gathered to see the anomaly heard the gospel. Yeah. And this was this is crazy stuff. So, like, okay, the guy that led Billy Graham to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, say I'm trying to find his scripture because I I want to yeah. But uh, Reverend Ham. Mm-hmm. He led Billy Graham to Jesus, Reverend Ham. And so Reverend Ham, he says in his journal, not many great things happened tonight, save one boy who came to the Lord. That right. was Billy Graham. Well, more to, well, well, Reverend Ham, he would have these things of shaking in his meeting, where people would shake. And so he had these boys walk into his meeting, and they were mocking him, they were making fun. Yeah. And he says, I give you one hour. And they were mocking him, and he goes, one hour, old man, you know, uh, one hour. He goes, I'll give you one hour. And so as the hour counted down, it was the last five minutes, all of a sudden the boys start twitching, shaking. And he's like, give you five minutes. They're twitching. And they're like, what? He's like, you got to repent. You got to repent. And then as the clock struck down to to the hour, after he said, they give you one hour, they went and their neck snapped. I've I've read that story. Yes. Yeah. And and you know we are so this is not something that you know is is like come on come all see the neck snapping ministry or right, something right, like right. that. But the fear of the Lord, you know, when you're in in contact with a holy God, yeah, who's otherworldly, mm-hmm. you're messing with fire. You're not messing with safety. You're not you know he's safe to to you know the the dichotomy of. God's nature is that he's safe to one, but he feels like death to the other, hmm. right? He feels like like the same fire that he is. It says in, in Hebrews, that he, our God is an all-consuming fire. Yeah. That same fire to us is life, but to someone else feels like hell, Yeah, right? 
And it's this uh, weird thing about God that we love and fear the Lord at the same time. We delight ourselves in the fear of the Lord. Yeah. Hosea 3, 5 says, you shall return to the Lord and fear Him and fear His goodness. Mm. You know, and so He's so good, it's scary. Yeah. That there is the fear of the Lord, and Jesus delighted Himself in the fear of the Lord. Now, is that, now I've been in me- meetings where someone starts talking about the fear of the Lord, and you're right. like, that's just manufacturing. Right. You know, like you're trying to get me afraid of God. Right, right, that's right. not what I'm talking about. You know, like parents spanking their kids, I'm going to put the fear of God <laughs> in you, right? That's not the fear of God. The fear of God leads to clean living. It leads yeah. to wisdom. It's the beginning of wisdom, right? And yet, at the same time, we know that God is good. Mm. We can trust Him and not 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 mistrust or distrust because we know He's good. Yeah. And so He's He's good, and that's the bottom line: that God is good, and He's not going to lead us astray. Yeah, I I uh, I think that a lot. I think you can assume people can assume because He's good that that means that their life looks a certain way or I tell people don't confuse God's goodness with your comfort right like yeah and and I think a lot of people it gets gray when they go oh because he's good it then I should have a b c d f g everything should be good all the time yeah. I should be happy right, all right, the time right 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 yeah um but listen I I there's something that you carry uh in the in the realms of the supernatural in the realm of like the unseen realm that I don't really see too much anymore you're very much a prophet that does not you don't play it safe you don't give safe words you don't give uh, i wanted to ask you do you think that that like the prophetic has lost its teeth like because a lot of people like i remember going to those meetings with bob jones going to the meetings with john paul jackson going to the meetings with larry randolph going to these and they all are amazing yeah but there was a different type of word that was being given it wasn't yeah it was like it it was it you know, words to the church like, "Oh, there's going to be this rain on a on the month of June, and it's a sign that God is, you know, like touching the church." Like you definitely, uh, I know that was a bad example of a prophetic word, but like I, I see a lot of pro- I see a lot of the prophetics become really safe, right? Yeah, it's become like it's it's just personal prophecy, or if it is about the church, or or it's very much like. I don't know. Contextualized. Yeah. I'll give you an example of that. You know, when when shift, things have shifted, things in have the shifted. Movement. And and so I was down in in a meeting uh, in the southern uh, U.S. And so I'm I'm down there, and pastor asked me, "Would you prophesy? Would you continue to prophesy?" And she was like, really encouraged me, keep going. So I saw this guy, and I said, "You went." I looked at him, and I I knew when I looked at him, the Lord gave me a download. I saw some things about his history. And this is not this is different and and it and I it diverges from our play it safe, you know, sort of like positive speak prophetic, where you start to help people really understand what they're going through. I said, you went through a really hard time in the last season, but it really taught you honesty. And God wants you to know that you're an, he say, he sees you as an honest man and that the hardship that you went through has brought through you to you a level of truth and honesty and understanding in your life where you can you can be clean. Hmm. So the pastor comes up to me afterwards and says, "Oh my goodness. That man was caught stealing at his company. He had been he had been like laundering money and thieving for like 
a year straight. They, it was a big deal. Hmm. And he went through the hardest season of his life dealing with the consequences of the pain he caused. Right. But he has so humbled himself. I didn't know this man right, at right, all. Right, right, But he has so humbled himself. And honesty is the virtue that he carries now more than anything else. Wow. Those words, I think, what happened to me, Will, because there was a point where I, I, I knew I was transitioning from the bless you words mm-hmm. to more of real life words. I became a student of life. And to be a student of life, you got to go through the school of hard knocks. Yeah. You got to have some knocks, right? Yeah. And, and get back up. Totally. And then be able to look at the same, a person across the table who's going through something you went through and minister to them that there's hope, that this is not the end of the thing. Yeah. You know, there was a, another young girl, I remember this is last year, year and a half ago. And in the meeting, I, I, I looked at her eyes. And this is in front of everybody. I said, you've been told that you're not going to have babies. And I don't know this woman at all. Yeah. It's a young girl. She's like 20, 22, something like that. I say, you've been told you're not going to have babies because you have something wrong with your ovaries. But the Lord says you're going to be a mother of many. She gets up. She's hugging me. She's weeping. The doctor that morning told her she'll never have kids. Wow. She was in a doctor's office that day, and he said, sorry, there's something wrong with your ovaries, and it doesn't look like you'll ever have children. But to to broker that conversation with someone where God's really trying to share that with them, it takes tact, it takes compassion, it takes mercy, it takes Mm -hmm. sense of like, I'm with you in this, you know? And there's been moments where I'm sharing a word that's very intense, where I start to weep. Yeah. Because I'm feeling the gravity of this word. The weight of this word is so real and raw. And yeah, do I get into those moments where I, it's the bless you? Like, I, yeah. But what I found is I've just expanded my prophetic vocabulary by studying life. There was a meeting, you like this one, speaking of Randy Clark. Go for it. There was a meeting and I was in Illinois. I looked at this lady and you got to understand it, being a prophetic person, you're going to have a lot of weird moments yeah. where you say weird things, <laughs> yeah. and you have to just understand there's some kind of story at work. I saw this young lady. She might have been 60, right? And I said, wow. And I'm, I'm on the microphone, and I said, you have beautiful hair. <laughs> you just look at your hair. You're just so beautiful. Your hair is so beautiful. Yeah. I just love your hair. And she had like this nice perm. It was just so beautiful, like long and flowy, right? And and I said, Your hair is just so gorgeous. And the Lord's showing me that you lost your hair in the year two thousand. You had cancer. And he grew your hair back. And it's a sign of the glory of God on your life because a woman's hair is her glory. She breaks down and is weeping weeping. And Randy Clark, she tells me afterwards, the pastor tells me afterwards, that she had cancer in the year 2000. Randy Clark came into town, laid hands on her. She went down. She started sweating, and it was a pool of sweat all around her. She had no hair, and the Lord healed her in that moment, and her hair grew back. This was 17 years later, 18 years later that I give her this word. Wow. God saw that you lost your hair in the year 2000. Yeah. It's your glory, and he gave it back to you. Yeah. And he wants you to know you're going to walk in his glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then you know what happened after that next? I don't understand these moments, Will, but I turned to her husband and I said, who's Sherry? And he goes, I go, Sherry, who's Sherry? He goes, and I was like, no, I'm He didn't getting, say no. He, he didn't, didn't say just, no. He just shook his head. That was his ex-wife. Oh, really? <laughs> and I, I didn't know what the Lord was going to say, but yeah. you know, for He's me, like, nope, I, yeah, he was like not going there. Dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for me, I'm curious enough to ask these things and have yeah. this odd conversation yeah. in public with yeah. people because you have eyes watching all around the room at these these this moment, and I'm going, hey, I'm going to be loving enough to reach out and say, who's Sherry? Because there could possibly be a miracle yeah. at the end of this string. You right. know, I'm, I'm a, what is God saying? And he didn't want to go there. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to force it. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, no, God's on me. You need to, right. you know. Right. But having those moments with those people is so precious to me. Yeah. I don't walk away with like, woo, another blog, you know, another right. like mo- miracle, like tick off the box. Or, no. I walk away like, oh, Jesus, how did you, why did you use me for that moment? Yeah. That's way too sensitive and way too precious. Yeah. I just am grateful that you would even think that I could be qualified to use, be used for those moments. Yeah. And it's, a, it changes everything when you think it, like that. Those moments, I've, and I've seen a lot, I've been used not nearly as much as you, but I've, I've been in those moments where I'll, I'll never, I was in Florida. And I, and I went into a vision in front of, like, actually, every single person I prophesied over that night, I went into visions. It was the only time this has ever happened to me. This was, like, a couple of years ago. A small church, a teeny little church, middle of nowhere. Like, and I go into a vision, and I see, like, white dogs running around this woman that I'm standing in front of. And, and I, I, I go, I see these white dogs. I see you breeding dogs. And the Lord wants you to know that he's into it. Like I didn't, it's all I yeah, saw. Yeah. And they both started, they both broke down. Her and her husband broke down. They, they, you could tell that, you know, they weren't wealthy. They weren't, you know, they, yeah. you know they're just living, living their life, trying to get by. And they broke down and I'm sitting there afterwards. It, it was insanely accurate. It, they had just bought a dog to breed. They're breeding these white Pomeranians. I don't know, whatever it was. And, and I and I, w- I went back to my room that night, and I was like, "Lord, thank you so much," because there were so many visions that I went into that of callings and things. And I was like, "That didn't really do anything. Like, why don't you show me something about their life, about you know, that's important?" Like, I have I even had a conversation. I actually it was so it so like hit me. I got their contact information. I reached out to them afterwards. I was like, what is this thing about? Tell me, like, walk me through this. And they were like, it was, we've never had anybody give us information like that before. We've never, and, and they fell in love with the Lord. But I, but I walked away going like, why don't you tell me something of value, right? Like, why did, why did I have to have such an extreme experience with some, like, pretty mundane, you know, information? And uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just walked away going, I I I appreciate it, but God, you know, but why didn't God, you? Why didn't but you? But God, why watch this. You, like, tell me about their kids, or you yeah. know. And I and and I find that so frustrating about moving in the things of God. It's like He knows what's on the heart. He knows yeah. the keys to unlock hearts. 
And uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I, I think it's important that we take risk. I think it's important, even in that moment, if God just did that in my life, just so I could, just so we could see like, will you, will you share about something that's strange? Will you share about something that's not insignificant? And, uh, and then find out later how, how, how it becomes so significant. It becomes a defining moment of people's lives. And that, you know, I, I actually knew that God was talking about me and my husband and the desires that were on our hearts. And I had those conversations with him after. But I, I think people, so they stray away from the, the strange and the yeah. crazy just because. Well, and, and I don't want to see that happen in the prophetic movement. Well, I think in the prophetic, what we end up fitting our categories into of prophecy is like calling. Mm -hmm. Right, you will be a prophet to the nations, or that's like the prophetic. What what right. has been, like the Lord is leading mm -hmm. you to an be an evangelist, and and so it like all fits within a calling. Right, but like when you can explain to someone what is actually going, you can take the information that you're being given by the Lord, break it down in a very easy to understand way that blesses, edifies, builds up that person. Right, and hits home with them where they're at right now. Yeah. That is a game changer. Yeah. And it's not is that word, you know, like like the dog's right. word. That 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 is exactly what they needed in that situation. And by the way, I would never ever sell yourself short. I've seen you so many <laughs> times hit the nail on the head prophetically and just like completely nail it. And you're like, hey, do you have a daughter? And is her name Sarah? <laughs> and the guy's like, what? You know, it's a sound guy, the technician yeah. at one of the conferences. And yeah. he's like, what? Is like, does she have a, is she in a, <laughs> is she handicapped? You know, and then you're like going on this like prophetic journey with this guy. And, and I'm sitting there like, you go, do you got anything? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, you're a man. Uh, you know, I, like I got nothing, I, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't. I stay away from having the label of prophet. But you're very extremely prophetic. I, I, I can move in the prophetic, and I'm very grateful, Lord. But I, I do not want that uh, as a Who wants that? my calling card. A lot yeah. of people do. Uh, you know, I, I would say, I would caution the, the, those people, you don't want that, you know. Well, I see what you go through. I see how people come, and I, uh, my other friends that are prophets, it's like, and I do this to my prophetic friends, you know, like, I'm like, I need a word now. Like, you need to tell me what's going on. And I, and I, I don't like that pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. And I, and, and I, the thing about the prophetic is, um, you can't have a bad night. Like people don't have grace for a, an off night. Like if I'm going after miracles and praying for people and, you know, praying for the sick, like if things don't happen, right, it, people... People treat it differently yeah. than if the prophetic doesn't happen. Well, you know, no, like, I mean, uh, see, that, I know it's, I, see, that's I, I the thing know. is like I've actually been in meetings where like every single word I spoke prophetically felt like it was falling to the yeah. floor. It was like bricks coming yeah. out of my mouth, and 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 the people are like, nope, 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 nope. It's those moments they get under my skin, yeah, but they don't they don't they don't tear me apart. I just go, okay, God, this this grace is not of me; it's of you. Yeah. If that's proof, that's proof. I get it. Like, yeah. I'm not going to trust in my own gift or my strength or yeah. even my charisma, you know, because I can roll up on someone and just 
you know, do a read on them in the natural. But if I want to really spiritually minister to that person, yeah, I got to be in touch with God. Larry Larry Randolph, who's an amazing prophet, friend of ours. Yes, uh, he's one of my favorite prophetic voices ever. Uh, Larry said, he said, "You're only as good as your last word," and that's how people treat you as a prophet. Like you can, it doesn't matter. You can give a thousand accurate, correct words, but if you give one wrong one, you can get torn apart for it for for years to come yeah because it's it's one of the only ministries where they'll lynch like like they'll lynch like people will will try to tear you apart like you could if if we pray for somebody and they get healed healed, healed and then i pray for somebody and they don't get healed people are like awesome thank you so much for praying you know like thank you but with the prophet if you get it wrong or you miss it or or yeah or i've it, had it people actually misinterpret it they'll, they'll come at you they'll i've had it you. i've had it where when i'm right people get upset <laughs> you know, that's what, uh, that's, there's one time I was ministering, this lady, she, she wanted me to minister as her son. She says, could you minister to him? And prophetically, and so, and she was an amazing godly woman. I said, yeah, 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 that's fine. So I, I said, well, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that you have an app on the app store that you developed, and the Lord's going to use it to teach you something because you just developed this, this new app on the app store. And, he, and his mother... He's sitting there, he goes, and his mother goes, what a waste of time. That is the most ridiculous thing ever. Jamie, he needs to stop this app stuff on the app store. <laughs> I had no idea. Right. But he had just come up with like a Flappy Bird app <laughs> that he put on the app store. It was like, I think it was like Flappy Pig or something <laughs> like that, right? And he's like, Flappy Pig is going to make me money, right? <laughs> and so he uploads it and he's like, list there under his mother's scrutiny, putting this app on the app store. And she's like, what a waste of time. But the Lord said he was going to use it to teach him something. Yeah. Not that he was going to make millions of dollars right. or that this was going to be his like claim to fame right. and Steve Jobs was going to give him a phone call. It was that he was learning something in this process. Mm -hmm. And sometimes accurate words can be the hardest words to deal oh, with. Dude, dude, I just got, I just got, I went through a whole season where I had to apologize for wrong words that I gave. I think once I did that, That's huge man. Once I I went through a year where, where where I went around where I went around and people would tell me how I missed it, and I went through a year of apologizing, like really difficult phone calls uh, with with parents of kids, things that I said, things where I said not, but I was just I was just wrong. So I come at I think you you need to go through that season. Yes, in, in the prophetic. Yeah, totally. Because because you realize that that there is a weight to it, you know, there is a weight to what you're bringing and people are directing their lives off of it. But I just got sat down. I gave a word to a kid. I mean, it might've been 10 years old. I was like, man, I just see the pastoral on you. I see that heart of a pastor and like, you love people, you love taking care of people and you care about, you know, I'm just encouraging him in this word. And the parents are like, I don't want him to be a pastor. Like, don't, no. He needs to be like a doctor or a lawyer. No, like we do not want him to become a pastor. And and it's so funny. It's just it's just funny how you can even try to encourage somebody in the Lord, right? And uh, and it and it backfires on you. One of my favorite stories, and we and and then I got to end. But I wanted to I wanted to I wanted to end with this. There's a lot. I have hundreds of favorite Jamie stories. But one of my favorites was we were I don't know we were just like dry like we were. Not dry, but we were like, man, we've like relaxed on, on our zeal and our vigor. 
you know, we're, we were we were cruising with with Randy at the time. You were working for Randy. I was working for Randy. And we were like, you know what? We're going to pray like in the mornings. Like we're going to come to work early and we're going to pray. And I think it was the first or second day we did this. We go up into the old uh, editing room in Global Awakening. And we're there praying. I think it was your office at the time. Um, and we're praying, praying. And like you're like, Will, dude, the Lord loves you like so much. And, and you're going to like... I just see you doing crusades. Like you're going to do crusades all around the world and God's going to give you crusades. Knock on the door. Bump, bump, bump. Do you remember this? I don't. You don't? I do not. Stop. This okay. is amazing. Knock on the door and uh, we we open it up and it was Randy's assistant, right? Will, Randy's downstairs. He was speaking to, he was coming in to speak to the school that met downstairs in the Global Awakening Building. Randy's downstairs. He wants to talk to you. I go down the stairs and uh, Randy's on the phone and and he goes, Will, do you want to do a crusade? You don't remember this? No, I do Stop. not. No, come on. I love Will, this. Will, do you want to do a crusade? And I was like, uh, yeah, I want to do a crusade. You know, I was thinking, you know, a month or two months or whatever. And, and he passes the phone to me. It's Ch- uh, Pastor Charles Endafon. I think he pastors the second largest church in the Ukraine. Oh, my goodness. Uh, he's a Zimbabwean. Like, so he's this... Zimbabwean pastor living in the Ukraine, pastoring the second largest church. And for uh, a year, eight months, whatever, they had been planning this crusade in Thailand. And we're upstairs in the in the room. You're like, you're going to do crusades, man. God just loves you. It's going to happen. God's going to give you crusades. Within minutes, knock on the door, I go down. Randy hands me the phone. And uh, the, the pastor had a visa issue, couldn't go, calls Randy to go and take the crusade over. And, and Randy's like, I can't go, but I, but I know a spiritual son that can, and he loves Thailand. And so Randy hands me the phone and basically the pastor goes, you need to get on a plane now, like right now. You went right there. And I did, you do remember. I do remember you going, but I just can't remember the whole journey. Dude. So I, 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 I go, I'm going to do it. And they said, we're going to book you a ticket. You have to fly now. And I flew out. I did my first crusade uh and saw crazy miracles i think sixteen thousand people attended it was the largest christian gathering in that area ever ever and uh and that just came it came seconds after you prophesied i was given my first crusade as as you as you prophesied it come on man that's you know? amazing and, i love and you, i know jesus. that there's jesus <laughs> come on hey, jesus that's amazing one of the most impacting moments in my life and we were like I don't think we continued praying after that. Like I went, I came back. We were like, okay, we won't pray anymore in the mornings. That's amazing. But, like, but, but I, you know, and I, and there's so many stories that I have about you. There's so many things that I've watched you do and move and take great risk and never, um, just never back down. Like even when it's been unpopular, even when, you know, people are like, bro, you should just give words like this. You're like, no, I see the Lord. I feel the Lord. I hear him. I, I'm interpreting. I'm gonna. You've never settled into. I think where a lot of people tried to get comfortable. You've always gone after him. You've always taken risk, and uh, and in that, um, I've watched you grow and become one of the one of the one of the leaders of this movement. We've had so much fun together over the years, and and I, and I, I'm, I'm starting to sound like we're not going to have it. Anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, we continue Getting to have super fun. nostalgic. But twenty, you know, it's <laughs> my hip. And, uh, it's been eighteen uh... years, man, and we've done life together. Yeah, and and Amazing, I love it. Man. We've we've taken so many risks. We've made so many mistakes together. But at the end of the day, man, 
Like I, I'm a better man because of, of you being in my life. I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. I'm a better friend uh, because because of having you in my life, man. And it's an honor to have you here uh, in the green room with our dying uh, yes. foliage. Uh, and I can't wait for the next time. If people want to get in touch with you, follow you, uh, give them all the things. What do they do? Yeah, we could, they could go to a couple of different places. JamieGalloway.com is a simple address. Uh, if they want to find out more information about where I'm at, what I'm doing, how to get in touch and be part of our happenings. And then DreamCulture.tv is our online mentoring that I do in the prophetic and the different things that we're doing in regarding the prophetic. And so, yeah, I mean, and I love to hear from you. If you've been blessed, you know, let me hear. Yeah. You, yeah. you, t- you shared a story. Someone came up to you, what, a couple days ago? Or no, yesterday someone came up to you and they were in a meeting you did, got back, you know, spirit filled. Like that stuff's really encouraging. It we, is so we, encouraging. We, we go and go and go and you pour out, but very rarely do you get to hear it yeah. afterwards. Or the stuff that you do hear, it's like the weirdos. You know, yeah. it's like, ugh, you know, so it, it, just get in touch with Jamie. Instagram? Instagram, All Jamie Galloway. Stuff. Jamie Galloway, yeah. Awesome. Very simple. Awesome, awesome. Jamie, it's great having you here. Well, Thanks I love for flying you, buddy. out, Thank hanging you. out. Me- yes. You got a meeting tonight. I do have a meeting. Um, not when you're watching this, but uh, I love you, man. Uh, thank you for uh, watching or and or listening to this episode of The Green Room. Listen, I, I love doing this. We do this for free. Iris Global does this out of the goodness just to have more information out there, feed you guys, uh, to bless you guys. So if you like this, send it to somebody, send them a link, uh, click uh, on the bells, do all the subscription things, do all the things that you need to do in order to be the thing that you should be as you watch this. That made sense. That was profound. Love you guys. Thank you for watching. Uh, yeah. And I look forward to seeing you on the next uh, Green Room. <laughs> I thought it was great. That was awesome, man. Yeah, that story, Randy's story, man, is like classic. Dude.